1: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
2: Episode 364: How to build relationships in your 30s and how they impact your money. Welcome to the Frugal Friends podcast where you'll learn to save money, save
1: money embrace simplicity, money. and live a richer life. Live life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Mm, 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 mm,
0: mm,
2: mm. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And as two women solidly in their 30s, not late 30s, but approaching solidly in our mid 30s, I would say, uh, at 34, Mm -hmm. we have decided that it's time. It's time we talk about friends in your 30s because they actually have a big impact on your money and how you spend it. And we're excited to dive into how uh, to recognize that impact, how to encourage that impact in a positive way, and then also about the importance of relationships in general and and forming and building healthy relationships.
3: Yeah, we think this is so vital. And we've got so much to say on it that we're not going to turn to the internet for this. We are going to share our own thoughts, similar to how we've done in a few other episodes in the past. We think this is one of the core principles of frugality and values-based spending is finding and building and maintaining beneficial community. So, we've got our own thoughts to share with you all today. There won't be any headlines here. Hopefully, you stick with us. But first, this episode is brought to you by Swapping Lunches, the original way of making friends. Trading your PB&J for your friend's turkey sandwich or the homemade cookie for the Dunkaroos pack or just watching other people trade lunches because no one wants carrot sticks and wheat germ waffles, if this is you, only now with your inbox instead of your lunchbox, we have a solution. Even if all the emails you're receiving are the equivalent to cold lentil soup or two-day old bologna sandwich on seeded bread, you too can level up your inbox game with the friend letter. It's our newsletter, Jen and Jill. I'm Jill. She's Jen. We send you updates on what you can get for free that week, savings tips, money mindset shifts, so many great, great goodies for free to your inbox, frugalfriendspodcast.com. We will give you our cool lunch, even if your lunch isn't that cool. Mm. Wow. Okay. Okay. (laughs) In the form of freebies and savings tips. Yes. And money hacks. I mean, it
2: really is an up level to your inbox.
3: No one ever wanted to trade lunchbox items with me, Jen. I never mm-hmm. had the cool stuff.
2: That's because your parents spent all their money sending your
3: siblings <laughs> to private school. <laughs> <laughs> you were wah, wah, wah. <laughs> I won't comment anymore on that. <laughs> it's okay, Mom. I turned out fine. She Look, did. She I have a friend out great. on a podcast. <laughs> It's fantastic. If you really <laughs> Anyways, want to solidify your friends, get into business with them. That's what this episode's about.
2: Yes, I know, right? If you're, if you're paranoid that your friends will leave you, uh, <laughs> enter into a legally binding contract with them. That's the route we've taken. If you are not as paranoid, then this episode may offer you some tips. Uh, but that's just our first one off the bat. That one's free. If you so we've been talking about community for a while. Uh from our earliest we our episode 58, right? We're at episode 364 now. Episode 58, <laughs> we talked about building a frugal culture in your community because that is how vital early on we have viewed our community, our friend group, our family, just the people in our vicinity, that's how important they are to your bigger journey of frugality. And yes, you can absolutely go out and find new friends if you want. I guess you can't really find new family, but it's a lot harder (laughs) to start from scratch versus like building that culture in. So if you want to scroll all the way back in the archives, episode 58 is a good one. Um, We also have episode... 313 managing money as a single woman. I wasn't there for that episode. Uh but I hear it was a good one cuz definitely when you're single, you spend a lot more money cultivating community than you do when you have, you know, a spouse, f- family, that sort of thing. It is just as important when you have those things to have community outside of your immediate family, but you get the opportunity to spend more money on it when you don't have those things. So that was a really good one with our friend Chloe. And uh yeah, let's let's get into our non headlines. It's just us talking about cultivating community. So, take it away, Joe.
3: So, here's where we're going in this episode. We're going to talk about why community, the importance of it. We want to talk about the different types of community and relationships that most of us have and engage in. We want to talk about how to find and keep relationships, especially for those of you who would solidly place yourself in your mid 30s and how community and relationships impact our finances. But it's not just for those of you who are in your mid 30s. You can be a range of ages and still glean, hopefully. And here we go. We believe that community is super important, very vital, because we think that it's one of our core needs and core components of our personhood. We talk a lot about our whole personhood, where we describe that we are physical beings, emotional beings, mental beings, relational beings, spiritual beings, and all of these aspects of ourselves needs to be cared for in order for the others to also do well, in order to aim at well-being, and that our finances intersect with every aspect of our personhood in each of these categories. So to focus in just on relationships in this episode, we think it's it's a massive part of who we are, that we don't do well in isolation. I think we've probably all seen some version of what happens to people in isolation depending on what documentaries or news channels you watch, you end up learning what happens. Like, we need people. And, and we crave that. We crave belonging. We are searching for it. Sometimes we find really great life-giving relationships and community. And sometimes we kind of keep not finding the people who are giving back or actually filling us up. Maybe some people who are just a little bit more depleting. So hopefully in this episode, we can kind of clear the air on why some of that is, how we can really find our people but also not not to get rid of the people who are depleting, just add in as we need. Because not, not any one person or any one group is going to fulfill all of our relational needs. It's going to take a variety of relationships and types of people and types of groups for us to feel well relationally. And of course, there's a lot to be said on this topic of how we relate to one another. Personality plays a lot into this. I know attachment theory has a lot to say about the ways in which we relate. We're not going to take a deep dive into that. But suffice to say, we believe that relationships, community are super important. It is vital. We've got to look at it. And then we've got to look at now how to how do finances play into this. But before we get there, I think it's also important to highlight the different ways that we do benefit from community. And I think some of those include shared resources. When we are engaged in just one-on-one relationships, but also groups, there can be opportunities for sharing of whatever we've got, whether tangible or intangible resources, ideas, receive support, give support, experience that reciprocity in relationship and and there can be the tangible and the intangible giving and taking because most of us don't have everything we need inside of ourselves or in our immediate surroundings it kind of takes community and relationships to fill in the gaps or even help us to see where it is that we're lacking or how we can be of service and purpose to others
2: yeah i i think about this all the time how We live in a society that's very individualistic, that definitely praises people for being as independent and self-sufficient as possible. And so the idea of relying on other people for emotional needs, and especially physical needs, is frowned upon socially. Uh, We don't want to be a mooch. We don't want to be needy. We don't want to look like we're struggling. We don't want to make people feel bad for us, right? And those are all the thoughts that play in our head. And the longer that we give into those, the more isolated we become. And, and so to the point where we get to our mid-30s, late 30s, and we have become so isolated from people uh, that we really wonder where it started. And And it's typically not and social media just plays a part in it. This is something cultural um, that really drives us away from each other. And and it it honestly, it's so easy to be individualistic because you can use money to buy yourself out of almost any problem, right? You need a cup of sugar. You don't go to your neighbor anymore. You just drive to the store because you have a car that you could finance, and, and there's a store, uh, there's ten stores on every corner. So it's become very easily, easy to become um, more self-sufficient. Uh, and so part of this conversation that we're heading into is taking shedding off all of this cultural bias that says, if I am not completely self-sufficient, then I am not worthy. If I am not fully independent and fully functioning on my own, then I am not a uh, a, a valid person in our society. I'm not seen as somebody who is, uh, you know, worth worth it, rather. Or my children will see me differently. My partner will see me differently. Uh, I think we need to reset. From that cultural bias, and and choose an, an extreme like we don't want to go to the other extreme, but we want to have some sort of like interdependence where we rely on the people in our community, and that is seen as strength, not weakness. Because Mm -hmm. we all love helping our friends and family, right? When somebody asks you for help, you're like, oh my gosh, yes, I I would love to help you. I love you. And we we rob that from ourselves and from our friends when we don't want to be a quote-unquote burden, Mm -hmm. right? And so we will just automatically spend money, maybe money that we don't have, money that could be better allocated somewhere else, or money that we don't need to to solve these problems, so that we are not seen as a burden. Yeah. So, taking a reset and and say and having that neutral mindset, taking out the cultural bias, um, so that we can embrace these benefits of community: the shared resources, the ideas, uh, the the mental and physical support, the reciprocity. I I was. I was at the, at my uh, son's school for like a teacher parent meeting and it was, uh, it was the kindergarten teachers with all the, the, all the preschool parents. And, uh, they were talking about kids missing kindergarten and how that was becoming a huge problem. And they wanted to see like, how can we solve this? How can we set you up for success? Um, and they were like, we want you to be able to rely on each other to like, if you can't get your kid to school, like somebody else can. And some other woman was like, I just call an Uber for my kid. And I was like, No. no, uh, I was like, A, innovative. Uh, Great. (laughs) But I personally preferred the kindergarten teacher's idea of let's get you all together to form relationships, let's get you all together, the parents, so you can know Hmm. each other so that you can feel comfortable sending your child to school so that they don't miss school because you're not able. That doesn't mean that you are failing as a parent. Um, It means that we need each other.
3: Yeah, that self-sufficiency myth is such a huge factor in this, especially as we get older. And we've got, we're collecting decades of experience, and we've met a lot of people, and there's a lot more demands on us than maybe when we were in our late teens, early 20s, where you kind of could spend every waking minute with another person person. Now that people have families and they're starting to care for adult parents and their own children, it can be really hard to f- even find the time. I- I- even if we get past mm-hmm. the barrier of oh, I I I don't want to need other people. Even if we're past that, then it's like where where do I find the people and then how do I how do I make time for genuine relationships and We will talk about that, although we're not going to solve it all. But that can be a bit of a problem with simplicity and just the busyness that can happen and maybe a lack of boundaries or inability to say no and prioritize. So there's some of these other concepts that are going to be really important in building, identifying, maintaining community. But before I get too far ahead of myself, I do think it's worth identifying and recognizing the types of community and relationships that do exist, because I think this can help us in knowing where am I lacking? What, which of these categories is overflowing? Which ones could use some more attention and recognize that each one is good or, or neutral at least, but to help us know what's going on in our personal lives relationally. So here's a couple of categories that we could break our relationships and community down into. They include chosen and given. So we all are kind of familiar with this. If anyone has ever been a part of a friend's giving a few days before or after Thanksgiving, you understand the difference between chosen relationships and given relationships. <laughs> uh, so this is kind of talking about the the friends that you select and maintain friendship with and usually the family that is a part of your life that, what just kind of happened to you, you didn't get to choose your siblings or maybe even lack of siblings and kind of who that family makeup is. So the chosen and given relationships, we've also got old and new relationships, the people that we've been friends with for as far back as we can remember, and the people that we're just meeting now or are pretty Pretty little little buds of relationships in our lives. We've Baby also friends. Yes, they're, they're the they're the friends that we have that are infants. Yes,
2: <laughs> yes, I have one of those.
3: Yes, and they that was given (laughs) after a choice made one night. (laughs) Anyhow, we've got
2: layers. These are relationships are layered.
3: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of these categories are super clean, as much as we are slicing and dicing them into these (laughs) little yeah areas. So we've got then situational and and more relational types of relationships. So situational might include the people that you have relationship with. It may not even qualify as friendship, but situational community because Situationships. of- Situationships. <laughs> exactly. That
2: is a, yeah, that's a word. It's,
3: it is, it is actually becoming a, a colloquial term, but this might be the result of hobbies you're involved in or kids- school or extracurricular activities versus maybe your more relational relationships that are heart connection, mind connection, emotional connection, reciprocity happening within those relationships. Again, neutral, I think that it's it's good to have some of these uh, peripheral relationships, people that you are engaging with on a regular basis. Not every relationship has to be the most deep, intimate level of knowing and being known. The, these different categories are all necessary. Uh, another way that we can look at the types of community that we have includes shared And individual. So sometimes relationships we are only involved in as a group. Or for anyone who has a partner and you've kind of got your your couple friends versus your individual friends, like this is the friend I get together when it's just me. But if we're getting together as a group and it's mixed gendered or mixed ages or we're getting around, together around a certain activity, then you're going to have the, there, there's a group versus there's the individual. Then this next category, which I love. And if you're ever going to be doing an inventory, make sure that you on paper, make sure that you hide this somewhere super, super secret. But Mm -hmm. we all do have our life giving and depleting relationships. Again, this is neutral. I'm not saying we need to get rid of all of the relationships that are primarily one sided or feel depleting, but we do need to know how many of our relationships would fall under this category because it's going to inform us on what our next steps for care for ourselves relationally is going to be. We also need to have life-giving relationships at least to the same amount, if not more, than we have depleting relationships. And then again, if we're identifying we've got a lot more of the depleting, that's going to be an opportunity to inwardly look at what is going on for me that it that I am cultivating, attracting, finding myself in relationships that continue to fall under this category. And finally, the last way that we can categorize our relationships are our in-person or our online relationships. This is becoming more and more prevalent with especially through the pandemic, where we have found community online. We love it. Again, it's neutral. I do believe that you need to have both in-person and online community. I, I don't think that at least it can solely be online. You could probably do without online community, but you might miss out. There are there are spaces and people that we can find in the online space that we might not be able to find within a 10-mile radius of where we currently live. This is particularly important, I think, when it comes to finding people who might be similarly minded when it comes to finances. I know that over the years, we've heard a lot from our listeners who are like, I love these ideas and concepts. I can't seem to find anyone else who likes to talk about personal finance or can share an interest in investing. And I think where we find those gaps, that is where we can look to the online platforms. I think even the Frugal Friends community has become a beautiful place, not a replacement of getting together with folks in person, but it can provide a very important outlet if we're not finding it in person. So those are all the different categories that I think it is worth taking inventory of who are the relationships in your life that you are engaging with on a monthly basis? who Who's coming in and out? And in what categories would you place each of these? I think a lot of times in our 30s and beyond, we're probably going to find that we are engaging a lot with family, whether it's ju- it's our spouse and kids or siblings and adult parents. I think that we kind of see this a little bit turn inward when you're kind of going through the raising up of your own family, which is all fine and natural, but I think in those circumstances, it's going to be worth saying, well, wait a second, am I hanging out with anybody who is chosen? life giving where there's reciprocity and it's not just family or obligatory or depleting relationships not saying that they're all one and the same but sometimes they can be so i think at different stages of life it's worth identifying what is this season who are the relationships that are part of my life currently what feels really great where am i lacking mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> yeah i i think it's important to have all of these relationships. And we we look at it as like through the 80-20 rule lens, right? So like 20% of our efforts result in 80% of our results. And it's the same with our relationships. So 20% of our relationships are going to make 80% of the impact of our, at least financially in our, in our lives. And then we're specifically looking financially. Right. But it's, it's entire life. Right. But the 80, there's a, there's another thing to be said, but but for the 80%. So there's a, like an evolution of the 80, 20 rule that says the, it's the vital few and the useful many. We focus On the vital few, for sure, we want to make sure those are invested in and taken care of. That's our family, our closest friends, the people we spend the most time with. But we do not ignore the useful many. That's our online relationships and and our other friends that we don't see as often. I think we really discount online relationships as being shallow, but they don't have to be. Some of my best friends I met... uh, they met in person first but our pr- our relationship is 90 i would say 95% online and we see each other twice a year right but there's still some of my closest friends but our relationship is mostly online and that's great as as women who are raising families it is hard to get schedules that are cohesive right so when we chat online or we have a zoom meeting it's at a time that works for us, um, and maybe it's just messages, and you know the next person sees it in an hour or two hours and responds. And it's and it's this flow that works for us. It honors the season that we're in. A, a lot of us are in in our 30s, without sacrificing. It doesn't make an excuse that oh, I'm busy. I'm I'm building my career. I'm raising young children. I'm newly married it doesn't let those facts be an excuse. It, it lets the facts be the season and we honor, we honor that season. But in the meantime, we're still pursuing the useful many. So we're still pursuing new relationships. We're investing in those situation chips, like just like my son in school, I want to build relationships with these other parents, not just so my kid can have a ride if I'm not able to, but also so I can give that ride. Um, and so, you know, maybe there are playdates over the summer. There are a lot of reasons that I don't necessarily need to like be on a, you know, a deep relationship with these people, but I do want to get to know them to an extent. Uh, so it's good to have all of these, and we do it in the right ratio, when, when we do it in the right ratio, then we uh, can be most efficient with our time and uh, it help, it can be most beneficial to our finances.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and Starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
2: You might remember from our Budget Apps episode, we mentioned Monarch Money as being one of the best apps for people switching from Mint.
3: Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, cash flow, net worth, and more. Listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com/frugal.
2: If you previously used Mint and are worried about transferring your data, Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint, keeping all your tags and categories intact. It's also super customizable. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app.
3: And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's monarchmone com slash frugal for your extended 30-day free trial. So I think it's worth also chatting about how to find that community and relationships, if we've done that inventory of who do I have in my life? Where do I feel like I'm lacking? What what can be done to build and cultivate the types of community relationships that I want to be having and also potentially identifying when to let go of some of the community or relationships that are not necessary anymore not again i'm not we're not advocating for actively just dropping people but i think we can all see that There are cycles to relationships, and there are seasons for certain types of relationships, and that not every person that we've ever previously gotten together with on a regular basis needs to remain the person that or people that you're getting together with on a regular basis. Things shift. People change, seasons come and go, and sometimes friendships and relationships come back around. But I think it's okay to hold some of these things with an open hand while also identifying. What what else can be woven into my life that is going to be helpful, useful, beneficial relationally? So when it comes to the chosen community, the types of relationships and people that we want to be a part of, that we are selecting and curating for ourselves, I think part of that is going to start with identifying the type of friend that we are and or want to be, it's very possible that we currently are not the type of friend that we would want to describe ourselves as. And it may take work to become the friend that you want to be. And I think that too, this is something people in our age bracket are facing. Uh, And and I'm sure it's faced in in every generation, but kind of a re-looking at who, how am I showing up in relationships? How are people experiencing me? Uh, how? What do I want to see improved here? And what am I bringing to the table? I think these are really valuable questions to be asking ourselves so that we then can be that person for others and set the stage and attract those who are going to also treat us similarly and how we want to receive friendship and be related to. So that inward look, we're always going to start with ourselves first and understanding who we are and working towards the best version of ourselves is going to be critical in being able to have and maintain the types of friendships that you want. You are also going to have to be the friend that that you want in return and that you want to be. I think next we can identify the community that that we already have, that's that inventory that we already talked about, and consider how that community, those relationships make you feel. I would go so far as to say that this could include journal prompts throughout a month or two, where after we hang out with a group or an individual, be able to take a pulse on How am I feeling after that? Encounter uh, after that hangout, that activity that we did together. What am I? What? Where are my thoughts at? What are some of the things that are going through my mind? How do my emotions feel? Even what? What's my body feeling like? Am I feeling tense? Am I feeling relaxed? Is my heart rate at ease? Is it going super fast? All of these kind of check-ins with ourselves can help us to identify maybe things that we wouldn't have totally totally. noticed before, but will help us identify, am I in the right type of community with my discretionary time that I'm spending apart from maybe my more obligatory relationships? Are these relationships actually helpful for me? What was the content of the conversation? What types of activities do we do together? How does it impact? This is where we can also be looking at, how does it impact my money? How do I spend? when I'm with these people or not spend? What are the types of things that we enjoy doing together? Jen, I love your story that's connected to this at a time when you were doing your inventory of community in a way and realizing how what people wanted to do, whether it was about relationship or it was about the activity. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean it was it was not shocking but it was eye opening when you know you're in your early 20s and it's all about being with people, doing things and and I was caught up in that and that's great, but I had to identify what was my greater desire. Was it the things that I was doing or the people I was with to build relationships? And was I getting what I really wanted? from the activities that I was doing. And that's where uh, I I thought I was spending in alignment with my values going out to brunch and going out to dinner with these people because community was so important to me, but realized that I was paying money to get a value that I didn't actually need to be paying for. It It was a value that money can't buy. And there were a million other ways to achieve that value without paying money and once that clicked for me, then I was able to to build the community that I truly wanted, um, and saw that some people actually did want to go to the restaurants. That's what they really they really wanted. They were finding community in different ways, but they were going to the museums, to the nightclubs, to the um, you know bars, and and those are the activities they really wanted to do at that season in their lives. And that's where things just started to to diverge. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. And I think sometimes too, groups groups in and of themselves are a bit of a living organism. If we've got a group of friends, it is possible that that group of friends morphs and shifts over the years. And it's not until we do this inventory and we take a pulse of how it's how it's impacting us that we realize this group might have been life-giving to me five years ago, but now with the things that are going on in different people's lives, it's kind of just become a a gossip group or everything that they want to talk about is super negative. And again, I'm not saying just immediately drop them, but it's worth identifying that sometimes the community groups, friendships that used to serve us and we served back can shift and take Mm -hmm. on a new type of culture where we might want to identify, "Mm, can we interrupt this cycle or do I maybe need to remove myself because I don't like what it's producing inside of me, or I don't like the way that it's impacting m- my money, my other relationships, my thought life, you name it? So, in this process, too, I think we can also be identifying what it is that we feel like we might be lacking. Where are there gaps that could be filled in for us relationally? What do we want? more of what what are we experiencing in a relationship that we really like and we could do well to increase that type of relationship what do you want to give i know sometimes there's been uh, experiences for me where I feel as though there's aspects of my personhood that don't have an outlet. And it's not because any of my friends are doing anything wrong. It's just that uh, even if it's you know so, some sort of hobby, like I just want to connect with other people who also are, are familiar with this space or want to talk about XYZ. There are things that we may have inside of us that we want to give we want an outlet for. And so that can be another factor in identifying what community is needed. Where are, you know, maybe there's outlets you feel like you're lacking in. One of the things for Eric and I recently is realizing that we don't get out of the house much. We both work remotely and we just got trained in a habit and routine and rhythm of being at home, especially through renovations. You wrap up work and you start with the labor intensive work on the house. And so there isn't always a ton of reason to be out and about. I got a lot better at meal planning, but what we're realizing is we're feeling more isolated. We're not having even opportunities to meet people. And so we are looking for things that could both be a hobby, but also opportunity to meet new people. So we recently bought a a pass to the local rock gym so that we can get out of the house, do something fun and meet meet more people. So it's kind of hitting multiple things at once that is beneficial to us on a lot of different levels. But it's things like this that we can consider incorporating in for the purpose of relationship and other benefits to our personhood.
2: Yeah, that's the gym where you just pick up heavy rocks and throw them, right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. Can, Roll them. Knows. I love throw them. People. Jump yeah, on they're them. The best. <laughs> they're yeah,
2: those are really quality people. Yeah, I think you'll build some good ones there. You <laughs> know, uh, so in all honesty, like the getting to know people part is the is the real issue, right? When you identify um, your part, you know your capabilities in relationships, when you identify who are you in relationship now and what do you need, like that's where the rubber meets the road. And how do we, with the limited time that we have, cultivate relationships that are going to be beneficial for our finances? This isn't why we cultivate relationships. We cultivate them because we need them. But if you have a financial goal, it's something that you should be thinking about, Uh, whether that's paying off debt or buying a house or whatever, you should have your finances at least be a consideration when you're building relationships. And so I think for coming from an introvert, I think the best ways that I have found for building new relationships are in groups. Uh, So... For me, that <laughs> I have, I am such an introvert. Like I do not pursue parent. Like so, so one of my problems is I need to find more mom friends, right? Because a good majority of my friends do not have children, and <laughs> so. I have been so reluctant to like build new relationships with other moms (laughs) Um, because I just don't think to talk about, like talk to moms at the park, right? Travis always leaves the park with some dad's number and I put my headphones on and listen to podcasts if I have to go to the park. So like I do really poorly if I'm on my own. So I rely on um, my partner, Travis who is really good at talking to people, if you do not have a Travis, then groups, group settings, but smaller group. Uh, so if you are uh, a person of faith, having like Bible studies and house churches, that's more important in my opinion than even like going to church on Sunday. Um, if you are somebody who maybe wants to try something in, uh, that it, you are moving, but you are not very athletic. I know my friend, our friend, Lisa, um, she was very avid in the shuffleboard courts here. And not everybody has shuffleboard courts, but she's since moved to Virginia. And now she's like super into the sport um, oh, on the ice where you're oh, just like- yeah, what is that one? The, the stick. I know exactly the, what you're talking like, about. It's like shuffleboard on ice. Mm-hmm. Um, so like- Finding silly sports, right? Like that, they're not silly. <laughs> silly oh my gosh! Sports.
3: I could. It's the Olympics, Olympics are gonna come right? after you. Um, yeah, I know. There's,
2: <laughs> we're never getting sponsored by the Olympics. Um. So so finding stuff, groups like that, teams like that. Um, and finding hobbies uh so uh, for for me, the rock climbing thing would still be a little like individual. I would I'd have a hard time, but book clubs and mm, that's uh, a good one. yeah, so like looking at uh I would say, there are a lot of local instagrams that will have, um, groups on them. I think those are getting more popular than even Facebook groups, but there are still Facebook groups. Um, I just, I think they're becoming more obsolete. And so looking at local for me, I'm looking at mom groups, uh, that have weekly small, um, play times like at different parks, you know? So it's like, Hey, we're all getting together and we're meeting at this park at this time. Come if you can. That sort of thing where it's not rigid. Um, You know, every week we're doing this at this time, but that could be helpful too. So I would say I like small group things the most um, because then you can kind of get in there, suss out who's there and sit next to somebody and be like, hey, you're here and I'm here what's up sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. um, it becomes less awkward just like than that. just approaching a stranger <laughs> who may not be there to meet people and saying that. So so that's my, it is not a total solution. I'm sorry if you came here thinking like we were going to solve the issue of making relationships in your 30s. Um, another thing I like about these book club and play group kind of things, that they're free. And so mm-hmm. you're there with other people who are looking to do free things with their child or free things with their time versus going to, I'm going to throw you under the bus, Jill, I'm sorry, going to the rock climbing club <laughs> that costs a lot of money <laughs> where people are maybe just there for fitness and not friends. Yeah. Um, but the rock climbing people are very chill and they, they're they all best friends. Uh, so... You don't have you don't have a problem, but it's the only idea that I can come up with off the top of my head. That's fine too.
3: Yeah, but I mean, I think any type of gym, I think that that can be a built-in thing if you're choosing Mm -hmm. to go to the gym, and especially ones that are a little bit more active or partner-centered can be a a fun way. But again, to your point, Jen, it doesn't have to cost money. It's just more of that, where are you lacking? And even personally, is there a way that what you're looking for mentally, emotionally, and physically can also meet an emotional or a, a relational need as well. This conversation yeah. definitely makes me think of the podcast interview we did with Laura Oldani about the multiple forms of capital. We loved that conversation. But we are
2: replaying it. We have replayed it.
3: Yes. Yeah. So go back in, into the not too distant archive for that one. But This is where we can recognize that there is a wealth opportunity in relational capital, almost as much as, or if not more so, than financial capital. That, yes, we do need money. Yes, we need physical resources. And yes, we need relational capital. We need community friendships, but also building relationships with our actual literal neighbors. How's that for a concept? I think we really <laughs> lost a lot of that, like what you were mentioning, Jen, earlier. It, it does seem very foreign to ask for a couple of eggs from your neighbor. But if we do live in neighborhoods where we can be engaging and aware of one another's needs, there are so many ways that there can be reciprocity given in a very neighborly way way doesn't mean that you have to have each other over daily for hour long conversations but having some of this relational capital is a form of wealth and identifying the type of relationships that that you need, that you can give, where those outlets are can be so crucial. And then again, as it intersects with finances, I think that what we choose to do together has a big impact on this. And so I think too, for the relationships, you know, you, you talk, Jen, about how to find the relationships that you need, which is phenomenal. And I think there's another side or a facet to this of what to do about the relationships that we already have, rather than needing to reinvent the wheel. If there are Things that that can be tweaked in those relationships or those groups. Sometimes all it takes is one person to suggest a different way of relating or a new activity for everybody to be like, "Oh, that'd be great!" I have found this to be so true, time and time again, for mm-hmm. the relationships that I have. We all might be feeling like I really don't want to go spend twenty-five bucks to go out for drinks on end tip. I'd, I'd, I'd but i do want to get together but nobody wants to say anything because it was the first idea that was thrown out there so it's just what you end up doing until we can realize oh i could say something i could speak my needs i can set an expectation i can say what works for me and what doesn't work for me i can offer suggestions i can i can be the one to make the plans or invite people over or say let's start a book club together or let's have a little bit more purpose in our time when we're together. Let's have some more in-depth conversation. And here's some questions I want to ask to get to know you a little bit better. We can be some of the change that we want to see with the friends that we already have as we seek to understand the ways that we influence other people and become better influencers of the people who are in community as they also influence us.
2: Yeah. Well said. I mean that it's. I think again, relationships are not about money, right? But as something that we all desperately need, uh, we we should at least speak our need. And and what happens when people don't respond? When they say, "Actually, I do." Actually, we all really want to go out to, for drinks. I think that's the harder boundary to impose and be like. Uh, I I can't I can't swing it this time, guys. I'm so sorry. Um, and it doesn't have to be a no forever. It can be a no, you know, one time. Or it can be a a thing where it's like, you know what? I really want to spend time with these people and they really want to go spend money. So this one time I'm gonna do it. Um, but then I'm gonna work on going to these different events and joining these different social clubs. And and looking for people who are looking to build community in the same way I'm looking to build community, Mm -hmm. who are more interested in the people than the actual activity. Like, how many people in book club actually read the whole book? You know, it's (laughs) not that's not what they're there for. Honestly, they're there (laughs) to drink wine with each other. You know, like once a month or every other month or something. Uh, It's not the practice that we crave it's the community it's the people so finding that for yourself that's going to be your own mission that's a that's a a mission we got to send you on and you got to come back to us telling us what you found because we we are I want to say, like, we're the queens and we're sending you to the new world. And you have to report back and be like, these are the friends I found, and this is how I found them. And tell the people that you can do it this way.
3: Yeah. Because we're all on this journey. And we can allow some of those relationships to eclipse others if we are finding that this is where I am experiencing my truest expression of my relational self. And this one is very life-giving to me. It doesn't mean that we have to hold on to every other single relationship that we've had or that the relationship always needs to look to the same level of intimacy that it previously had. People can move from close friends to friends, and people can move from acquaintances to close friends, and we can morph and shift because we are dynamic people. And not every relationship you want
2: to pursue more deeply, they will be ready to or want to pursue more more deeply. So it's just like a trial and error thing until you find
3: your your next people, your future people. Yeah. And it's going to change throughout life. What It's going to constantly morph and change. And that's okay. And so that's can okay. our decisions and our finances and our values. There is freedom and flexibility here. But you know what will never change? Mm, For as long as we're here It will always
2: be important And wanting to go deep With you
3: The Bill of the Week
0: That's right It's time for the best minute of your entire week Maybe a baby was born and his name is
2: William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Hi, Jen and Jill. I am submitting my second Bill of the Week. The first one was about the surprise vacation that we accidentally purchased on the gala. And today I wanted to tell you that my four-year-old daughter had a fan in her room and a screw fell out and she accidentally swallowed a screw. So we had to go to the emergency room where she told everyone she swallowed a screw. She then, when the nurse asked her why she did it, she looked at the nurse like that was the dumbest question she ever heard and said, because it was in my mouth. Then she argued with the
3: radiologist because she said when we looked at the x-ray that that wasn't the screw because the screw was black. She was then annoyed it was taking so long and we left about 1 a.m. So we are just killing it over here. And I
2: have no idea what that bill is going to look like. Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye. I have a 4-year-old and so every vivid detail is playing out in my mind just her face like with the nurse and the doctor is like that's not it it's black <laughs> I um I am deceased <laughs>
3: This is amazing. I'm not totally <laughs> sure where what the bill is. Maybe the bill the that bill. she doesn't
2: know what she doesn't know how much the bill for this whole the endeavor thing is, is going to be. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bill of unknown. It's an unknown not bill. Unknown it's a mystery bill. bill. But yeah. oh wow, what a what a great cost for the entertainment, right? You that you can look back on it now. I'm sure at
3: 1 a.m. it wasn't
2: fun i'm I'm so so, glad you called us though
3: me too and i'm so (laughs) glad that your four-year-old did tell you um
2: amen yeah i mean she i'm sure she was bragging about it (laughs) like i ate a screw
3: i'm gonna become a magician now (laughs) look at me i can handle all kinds of in my mouth (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> That's Dumb. amazing. I am. You've got love it. you've got bills on bills over there with some just wild life experiences. I love your life, and I me just too. Love it, and I love that you're a part of this community. Speaking of relationships and community, that you you're the one. You you better stick around. This, you got this. Stories. Is why we're
2: so uh, passionate about online relationships, and this <laughs> is pretty one sided. I mean, yes. we. <laughs> You're sharing all of your life with us, and we are just laughing at it.
3: I'm here for it. If you all are listening, and you're also here for it, you've got toddlers swallowing tools. That's amazing. If your name is it's Bill, really amazing, if but- you're a magician, <laughs> if you have surprise Bill's unsurprised bills it doesn't matter as long as it's semi bill related visit
0: frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill we're waiting for it bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy last year by making investments from coast to coast investments like acquiring america's largest biogas producer archaea energy and starting up new infrastructure in the gulf of mexico It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might
2: remember from our budget apps episode, we mentioned Monarch Money as being one of the best apps for people switching from Mint.
3: Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, cash flow, net worth, and more. Listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com frugal.
2: If you previously used Mint and are worried about transferring your data, Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint, keeping all your tags and categories intact. It's also super customizable. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance
3: app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash frugal for your extended 30-day free trial. And now it's time for the lightning round. All
2: right. Today's lightning round that Jill just wrote 30 seconds ago. And is did you just write it thirty seconds ago?
3: Mm -mm. Oh, maybe I just scrolled,
2: isn't it? Oh, Goldie wrote it. Uh, I just scrolled down thirty seconds ago, so I couldn't see it until just now. That's what it was. Oh, sorry. uh, uh -uh. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm still. I'm still so shook shook. about Mm -hmm. the uh, just the whole four
3: year old. You feel seen.
2: Oh, I feel. Well, I mean. I see. <laughs> I, f- I, f- I see is the thing. Um, okay, lightning round. Most important lesson you learned about relationships and finances when you entered your thirties. Um, I mean, I think my most important lesson I have shared multiple times is, is that not everybody is in this in the place that you are when you're in it. Is it's. It's okay for people. I know, so uh, I'm gonna throw Travis under the bus a bit, but he all—I mean—he judges people for their purchases all the time, and and it, it almost angers him that people would be so blatant. He had a coworker that they they have every day. He would come in and has bought something out an exorbitant amount. That is just not nece- like not necessary to functioning. But it's not our money. And it's not, they're not in the same, they don't have the same goals. They don't have the same um, experiences, traumas, drivers that have that led us to choose the choices that we are making. Um, and maybe one day they will be there, but they are not there yet. And the only thing that we can do is... Just say, like, you know, yeah, that's cool, bro. Um, (laughs) And then continue to, like, do what we're doing. Um, And so I think that's the biggest, like, lesson is that you can't get mad at people that you want to be friends with. You can't get mad at them for not wanting to do the same things you want to do, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, probably not spend money or spend time working on a side business that makes you money. Like, that's not everybody's path. Mm-hmm. And uh, once you let go of that um, resentment or bitterness or even jealousy, it can, it can pop up as jealousy as well, um, you are a lot freer to choose relationships um, with people who do share the same values.
3: Yeah. Recognizing there is space for everyone at different Mm -hmm. seasons and making different choices. Someone else's choices don't have to be an affront or an offense to you. Mm -hmm. Um, We can experience life apart from that and still be in relationship if we choose.
2: Right. We can still be in relationship with these people to the extent that doesn't continue to harbor... Bitterness or resentment.
3: Yeah. I think an important thing, a thing I'll add to that, not this may not be your realization in it or your point in it, but I think also recognizing that our perspective is just that. Like we're not always exactly right in how we are viewing someone else's circumstances or sometimes even our own. Like it's possible mm-hmm. that how we're feeling about someone else's situation is more so an issue with us and our perspective, or it's just how we think, but it's not meaning that we're exactly right on it, which that's a hard one to reconcile, but it Mm -hmm. can be helpful to know that, yeah, just because this is how I think doesn't mean that that's actually accurate, or going to be most beneficial for them to live life the exact same way I am. Anyways, for me, I would say being more direct with what I will and won't do has been helpful financially. I think I previously found myself in situations where I felt a little bit more like the victim. It's a strong word, but where these things would kind of happen to me. I wouldn't have chose them otherwise, but because it's what everybody else is choosing right now, and I feel like I can't say anything, I spent money unnecessarily or unwisely or on things that I didn't actually care for or value simply out of wanting to maintain relationships like it kind of went so far that direction and I think as I've entered into my 30s not that I've arrived I think that there's still more work for me to do in this but I've gotten better at just being vocal about what is reasonable for me as it relates to what I can and can't do with my money how that's going to impact the activities I do and don't take part in um, and setting those expectations early on, especially when it comes to group trips, letting people know ahead of time, here's what I'm willing to spend. Here's what would be too far and outside of my my budget for this. And so if it is going to be beyond this, then I'm just going to say I'm out. Or even when people come to visit, I've gotten a lot better at saying to people ahead of time, hey, we're going to split gas, we're going to split parking, we're going to do this and that. and. Okay, up to you with what decisions you're mm-hmm. going to make rather than after the fact when it, it can feel a little bit more slimy to bring something yep. up or say something. So, setting expectations, being direct ahead of time has been so, so helpful.
2: Yes, I love the setting expectations ahead of time. It's clearer, it's kinder, it is better all around. Um, and it feels much better to do before any money has been spent than after. So uh, I hope you have enjoyed this episode and have taken some tips that can help you be have more frugal friends, essentially. And uh, we love reading reviews. So if this has helped you in any way, we would love and appreciate so much um, a, a review on Spotify or Apple, like this one from Jules66, Fun Quirky Banter, Frugal Living. Jen and Jill's funny, quirky banter about their frugal living is so enjoyable to listen to. They also give actionable advice on how to live a frugal life and have had their own debt-free journeys, so you know their practical advice is worth listening to. Thanks for the laughs on my morning drive to work, ladies.
3: Oh, that's so kind, Jules. It sounds like you really get us, (laughs) and I appreciate that nice review. If you also are enjoying the show and haven't left us a rating or review yet, please take a minute to do that. That is one of the kindest gifts you can give to us and other people who might be looking for their people, their online community, their podcasts to be listening to, to be sharing with other friends. So it, it does help us find more friends, more community. We just appreciate it. See you next time. Frugal
2: Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. Jill, I'd like to expound on Tips by Jen, Making Friends Edition. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what else do you want to say? A, a, a step-by-step guide. I love a step-by-step guide. <laughs> step-by-step guide to Making Friends
3: mm-hmm.
2: by Jen. Step one, marry an extrovert who finds all of his friends that have wives and you just befriend
3: their wives. <laughs> okay. Okay. That sounds um, like multiple steps, but okay. Uh, okay.
2: If it that is not possible.
3: Marriage. <laughs> <It> involves meeting. <laughs> it okay, involves- okay, okay,
2: okay. Uh, this is a choose your own adventure. Uh, step 1B
3: mm-hmm. would
2: be find a social group. Uh, step 2 is um, identify the mom in the group. This is for mothers. So, But identify the person in the group that looks most likely to be your best friend in the group. Not in life, but in the group. Uh, So identify friend, future friend. (laughs) Step three, sit next to future friend casually like you didn't identify her (laughs) explicitly. (laughs) Just sit down like it was the only seat available or just a random seat mm-hmm. step four um breathe on talk. her heavily on <laughs> see jill no that's why the tips are not by jill see no you don't do that you just make sorry sorry with some sorry small i got talk. so
3: confused
2: yeah I know. I'm well. I'm trying to help you. Okay. <laughs> you are a few months younger than me, but I feel like um,
3: I also don't have I children. May. I'm not on the prowl for moms <laughs> yeah. right now.
2: Okay. Well, this can be anybody, um, and this is just a, a an actual experience that I have had <laughs> and, and the distilling into steps. Um, where are we? Step five. Yeah. Yeah. Four,
3: four was four, make don't. small talk.
2: Yeah, so, step four is make small talk. Do not breathe directly on them. <laughs> uh, and examples of small talk include things that are directly in front of you, <laughs> uh, like a teacher of a class or a leader of a group. Um, positive comments not negative we don't want to start the friendship on the basis of negativity Um, that includes do not make fun of somebody else's kid because you don't (laughs) know if it's also their kid
3: okay wait are we bernstein bearsing it are you saying this because it's what you did do (laughs) no (laughs) no
2: i didn't i'm just i'm I'm including common caveats that could be issues um and then okay so step four small talk we've covered small talk step five is identify their name or their child's name because if it's a mom you're definitely going to refer to them for a while as so-and-so's mom so you don't really need to know their first name (laughs) doesn't matter um but if you're not a parent, then um, introduce yourself and find out that person's name, and and say it out loud.
3: Uh huh. And then time. over and over again in your head. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, and then get that. Uh, then step six is to get the person's number because you're gonna text them a recipe. <laughs> I guess step six would be talk about a food. Step seven would be to get their number so you can text them a recipe, and then you have their number for further communication. But also, don't forget after you send a recipe. Also, when you're just getting their number and be like, "This is my number. I'm putting it in your phone." Send your like send them a gif, not a gift with a T, but a gif, um, so they know that you have are funny. <laughs> and uh then any gift send them the recipe. <laughs> yeah. And then and now what? you are friends. Oh. Now okay. you're friends because you've shared a recipe, you've shared gifts, <laughs> you've shared common small talk on things that are around you that's unique to just you. So now you could even have an inside joke.
3: And now you're friends. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, you got numbers, you've had exchanges. Okay, I, I do have a follow-up that- question. Okay. okay, yes. Uh, back to step two. When At the identification stage, what are you looking for? When this is friends by Jen, how, mm-hmm. what are you identifying? And I'm sure it's got to be some degree of physical appearance. Maybe, it maybe is what first, you're hearing.
2: First, similar age. Okay. So I look for similar age group. Um, If it's a parent, a similar age child age group
3: Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm. um i'm not so good at the mom friending yet but um and then and then just good vibes it's just the vibes got to be on
3: i i'm i'm uncertain i'm more confused i don't know how i can mm -hmm. explain
2: it to you any more clearly
3: david <laughs> I just
2: put the fold the
3: vibes in the cheese has to be on. <laughs> the vibes gotta be there. I'm usually so. looking for the most disheveled person. That's my thing. All
2: right. You really need a master class in this, Jill.
3: You really gotta
2: get it
1: together. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.